Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we are off once again. Welcome back to another episode of On Culture. I am joined uh, this fine day by Chris Vance, the campus pastor at St. Charles Campus of Calvary Church. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing well. Just got done with a uh, climb, so I'm feeling energized, and thanks for having me. So how does that work? How high do you climb, and like, do you have a lot of ropes? Let me start here. What's the farthest you've fallen? Um, the farthest I've fallen is um, climbing outside, lead climbing, um, probably fell about 20 feet. And oh. we, we would call that a whipper. We would call it a whipper. Yes. <laughs> and why do we call it a whipper? Because you get to the end of the rope? Well, it's because you fell kind of right before you were going to set the next bolt. And so you whip down 20 feet to the last bolt that you set. Oh. Uh-huh. So there's no rope sense. at the very top holding you. But right. today was a bouldering session. So it was just 20 to 25 feet, no rope, free climbing at a short height. Uh-huh. And you put mm-hmm. stuff underneath you just in case? Well, it was indoor today, so the whole okay. gym is like a padded, yeah. you know, it's okay. safe. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so that's cool. Um, we are uh, we're going to talk today about falling, maybe, or the fall, or something related to the fall, Yeah, uh, as we do many, many weeks. Um, but uh, this is an episode of, of On Culture. On Culture is a podcast for the Embassy uh, newsletter, Um we're going to be talking about a piece that uh, should be up uh, already, and you should be able to read it, uh, theembassy.substack.com. Uh, right now, it's probably I'll probably leave this title, What Could Go Wrong is my title. Um, and so definitely check that out and check out the Embassy uh, uh, newsletter. Um, let's, let's dive in, uh, Chris. We're, um, I start out talking about C.S. Lewis and a book in his uh, Space Trilogy. Now, you've read a lot of C.S. Lewis correct mm-hmm. yes most maybe, most of what he's written maybe like 70 to 80 percent of his work which is a lot because he wrote a lot uh but the space trilogy is uh often uh under i mean i guess it's, i think it, i call it underrated it's not usually listed among the books that you know you've got to read it's not the chronicles of narnia and it's not all of his non-fiction or theology books some of his you know the Great Divorce. What would you call that? I guess it's it's still it's still a work. It's a fictional work, obviously. Yeah, fictional a guy going to allegory. Yeah, allegory. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it uh, in it uh, in the last um, the last installment uh, is called that hideous strength, and uh, it the that hideous strength refers to uh, it's a poem uh, a medieval poem referring to the the Tower of Babel. Uh, and, uh, at the, near the end of the book, there's sort of this, um, tower of Babel sort of moment, uh, that is kind of hard to describe. Um, but, uh, it happens among this conference, this get together of these scientists, uh, these world, you know, scientists, uh, that, uh, I think, uh, what was the name of the nice, uh, nice is the acronym, but yeah, the, 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 yeah. <laughs> Isn't that good? 
Uh, yeah, it's the uh, National Institute for Coordinated Experiments, acronym NICE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so part of Lewis's point here is, you know, our fallenness, you know, often exhibits itself not, you know, in degradation and and un, uneducated whatever, but it's also when, you know, it's the clean, refined, coordinated, educated, doesn't mitigate the fall. And so these, you know, these scientists who sort of want to, it's hard to describe without reading the book, dictate, you know, humankind. And they have, there's all of a sudden this guy's given the speech and this sort of Tower of Babel moment happens and nobody can understand each other. Um, and so that's what made me think of, uh, you know, when I was thinking about this, what could go wrong, this whole idea of uh, how the fall impacts sort of how the fall and our image bearing and ability to create things and, you know, discover things and technology and advancement, how they intersect and that we sort of live in the intersection uh, of that. So um, what is, let me, let me start with Tower of Babel. So what are your thoughts about Tower of Babel? What are the lessons from that episode in the Bibles? You know, what sticks out to you? It's not something that gets talked about a lot, I don't think. As I say, that's also underrated. I don't think it gets its due. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're picking the primary point or one of the primary points from that story and that episode in the Bible is that um, even at the zenith or the peak of human achievement for that ancient culture, um, you have creation projects and works of humanity that even though they may be great as far as achievement or wonder or scale or scope, um, they're actually not going to solve the problems of the human heart. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, pride, hubris, whatever you want to call it, is often a massive motivation and driver behind our achievements. Like we're trying to cover an insecurity or we're trying to make a name for ourselves. And that's really at the heart when you get into the deeper language nuances of the Tower of uh, Babel is that um, they wanted to make a name for themselves and that name to be great among the people instead of making the name of the Lord great, which was actually what they were supposed to be doing in the first place. Yeah, and so it's not like a tower is bad or, you know, building stuff is bad. I mean, that's not, you know, technology is bad or any, none of that is the case. It's, you know, their motivation was bad. Uh, and you know what they hoped it would say was was tainted in some way. Um, yeah, so I, think, why, I think the vision statement of their building project at the very beginning is let us make a name for ourselves. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we just see that in a different way, yeah. in a different package, over and over and over again. Well, let us make a name for ourselves. That could be. A that's a, what is that? I mean, is that's, that's the, the slogan of many, many things in our current, you know, culture, like every, every influencer, you know, everything that gets marketed, you know, let's make a name for ourselves, um, is, you know, being, uh, good, helpful, useful, providing a, you know, a good or a service or a product or whatever, all of that's good, putting that out there in the world, all of that's good. But there's a point at which it crosses the line where it's about me, you know, and, you know, I want to I want to be something. And I think I want to be something 
uh, independence is a word that kind of jumps out at me, you know, when we're talking about the Tower of Babel. It's not like, it was nothing about the Lord. It was nothing about, like, on our own, we want to establish ourselves as this independent group of people who can do anything, basically. Uh, and the Lord steps in and frustrates them by giving people different languages so they can't talk to one another. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, uh, let's talk about the language. Well, I mean, it seemed like one of what God wanted uh, people to do was to spread out over the earth and populate the whole earth. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it doesn't seem like we were doing that at the time and, you know, give people different languages so that different language people would spread out and find a place to live where everyone could understand each other. Maybe that's something that uh, God did, you know, what are your thoughts on God do, using that as a way to fulfill the filling of the earth, which wasn't being fulfilled? Yeah, I think there's probably, I mean, there's probably a lot of sins of the people who built the tower, but maybe three main sins are one, they thought they could be God. Two, they were not multiplying and spreading the glory of God throughout the planet. And three, uh, they weren't content with sub-creation. They wanted to be the ultimate creator themselves. And so mm -hmm. if we misunderstand the text, we might think God is um, playing a cruel joke on the people by making them speak different languages. But in a way, actually, it's it's a loving rebuke to protect them um, from their own pride and their own hubris and being basically navel-gazing people who are so focused mm -hmm. on their own building acumen that they can't see the larger story and the larger creator in front of their eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you can look at it as a gracious move to keep the people doing what was best for them, uh, which is what God told them to do, which is, you know, to act according to God's design, a gracious frustration uh, of their plan, letting their plan succeed wouldn't be the gracious thing, you know, to get them back on schedule if, if it were, um, would be. Um, so, you know, so I, that's one of my points. It's kind of a gracious move. It sounds, I don't know, you, you could think of it as an arbitrary or a, you know, uh, a cruel, you know, joke he's playing on them, but he's really, he's really trying to move them around uh, the earth as they were intended to. Um, and I, you know, one of the kind of, one of the points I make is it seems like this pattern repeats, uh, that, you know, if you want to look at, um, you know, a lot of bad things that have happened, uh, in the last, you know, in our lifetime or what we hear, what we learn about in, in history books from the 20th century were often preceded by, um, confidence that something like that could never happen and we've taken care of that problem you know we had the league of nations you know we've solved the problem of world war whatever um you know we pretty much you know i don't think we're going to have any more pandemics you know we've got all that whatever under control um and you know we keep getting surprised um and you know i, I do think that we don't part of our problem might be that we don't admit uh, like, yeah, we didn't really have it under control and maybe we'll never totally have it under control. Maybe we're, you know, maybe we're meant to live in dependence on God. Instead, we just move on to the next project of whatever it might be. And the projects can be impressive. You know, we put people 
on the moon as you mentioned before we started you know we you know we've got a machine on mars that's rolling around and flying around and taking pictures and we're landing things on asteroids and taking samples and you know the web telescope there's all this stuff that's very impressive and there's a lot of medical advances very impressive a lot of stuff is very impressive um and yet the lesson we're to take from that is not we've got it under control if we just keep working at it we're going to solve all the problems but that's sort of I don't think anybody ever says that, but that seems like the kind of spirit of the age. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, when we look at history, I think pendulum swings often defined cultural and social movements. And so if ancient peoples often have fatalistic views of the world and that as, you know, the, the gods are just going to will this, right? Like they had a, a strong sense of fatalism, you know, if a storm comes and wipes out your village, mm-hmm. your village is just wiped out and the gods mm-hmm. willed it. Mm-hmm. But with human advancement and achievement, we swung that pendulum to the other side to say, oh, it's not as the gods will it, it's, it's, it's as we will it. Um, yeah. And I do think there is something super attractive psychologically that if you don't have a worldview of any kind of theology or God or supernatural being or any life that is supernatural beyond the grave, I think it's super attractive to be a part of a story in which you're building to something, in which you're achieving something, in which like your contribution isn't completely meaningless. Like Mm -hmm. it, that's probably what you need to tell yourself as you go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That we're, yeah, this is, you know, what we're doing is really, you know, you know, we're making a name for ourselves, right? We're, you know, we're building the tower, we're doing this stuff. And I do think that to your point, it's become part of our self understanding, I think, as a culture, that we're going to know everything, we're going to figure everything out. We're going to solve these problems, we just, you know, more education, more time, more advancement, more technology, eventually, you know, and I think, uh, I don't think that's, true uh i i don't think that i don't think that's true only because of the story of the tower of babel or because god's god and we're not um i also think if you look at the advancement of knowledge if you're really honest about it every new discovery leads opens the door to some oh wow there's a whole like we know more now we understand this but now there's a whole world that we didn't even realize and you know, I think the depth of that potential knowledge, because God is infinite, is infinite. And I think our ability to understand is not infinite. So at some point, that whole idea that we're never going to figure out what quantum mechanics really means, for instance, it doesn't occur to, you know, and if you're a, if you're for a physicist, then it probably shouldn't occur to you. You're trying to whatever. But the idea that there's some of this stuff that we'll never understand, either because the knowledge is inaccessible or our brains aren't big enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think it occurs because we want, we want to be independent. We want to be, you know, the people who basically are, are in charge of the whole thing. And I think perhaps that's one way, you know, one way in God in, in his grace frustrates us because we wouldn't, in some, some of that knowledge, we probably wouldn't handle super well. And it's another sort of scattering of, of effort every time there's sort of a disappointment. Uh, that's just one, it's one, you know, one potential view, I think, but I think it happens all around us. It doesn't even, you know, take science and advancement, even our own lives. You know, when I do this and get this, 
mm-hmm. man. And we don't, and in some ways we don't, because God in his grace frustrated us because that was the path towards independence and comfort and whatever. I yeah. don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. What do you think? No, I think that's right. I, I think of two things um, to kind of support that. One, Andy Crouch has an incredible book called Playing God, and he argues that power is kind of neutral. It's really the wielder of it and how that plays out. And I think the same is true for advancement um, or tower projects. Is like in themselves they're probably neutral, um, but it's like how do you wield it? And the human heart, this side of glory has frustrations and limitations and is prone to wander. And so even if things might not be bad in themselves, they could potentially use to, you know, for destruction or evil or like you name it. Like we've seen it happen time and time again. I also think about my older brother, uh, Mark, who holds a PhD in physics. And Mm -hmm. he told me one time, he said, if you want certainty, stick to basic mathematics because Um, don't kid yourself science has the leap of faith just like religion does Mm -hmm. and i thought that was an incredible statement because we do sometimes culturally talk ourselves into a certainty that when we get to x then y will happen even though we've got thousands of years of history of of that not happening which is quite interesting yeah Yeah, we we keep keep forgetting well next time it's going to work right yeah uh i i definitely think that's right um, and I think that, yeah, things not turning out like we hoped is a, is a recurring pattern mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, maybe goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel or, or, or the Garden of Eden, I suppose. Um, and, you know, obviously the pandemic is one, uh, you know, uh, the pandemic is a is a expression of the fall, you know, physical expression of the fall. And then our fallenness interacted with it in ways that were super, super disappointing. I think one one uh, aspect that we live with all the time that I mentioned the pieces of the internet, and I mean I can remember talks of like early internet really. I mean I think the World Wide Web existed, but you know nobody used it, and it was you know modem and uh, you know really we didn't have the internet anything like we have it now, and there was talk of an information superhighway and you would have all human knowledge at your fingertips and everybody could connect to everybody else. What a utopia that would be. And, you know, that's going to be great. And there's still a lot of, well, we need to wire everybody up that needs to be, you know, wired up. And, you know, you know, that, you know, it's this basically panacea for ignorance and for community and for whatever. And obviously that's not what's happened (laughs) with the internet. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, or yeah. maybe that's too simple. Some of that's happened, right? I mean, yeah. that made all of that is now possible, but that's not what we do with it. Usually, well, that's not what we do with it all the time, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in doses, sure, there are probably people that because of the internet feel less isolated and they feel more connected to their community. And there is probably some things that have helped with our ignorance and our lack of knowledge and development, but um at the same time there's still deeper longings that we can't satisfy and we've lost i think in a lot of ways the beauty of dependence i just wonder i i don't know i could be dead wrong i just wonder in more ancient civilizations there was more dependence on weather cycles in communities and hunter 
gatherer societies, like we've lost a beautiful dependence, um, not just on each other in individualized Western society, but ultimately what we're losing is our dependence on God. It's that we don't need you because we can make a name for ourselves. We can be like God going back to Genesis 3 mm-hmm. and through the building and development and achievement, like we no longer have to be dependent and there is something alluring to the promise of independence um, for us as a society. Yeah, that's exactly the word I had in mind uh, before you went there. Uh, The question I wrote down as you started talking is why is dependence so hard? And uh, why is dependence so hard slash um, does it feel like failure? Like we don't think it's good basically, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. in, independence is good. Dependence isn't good. I mean, that's sort of oversimplification, but right. Isn't that kind of what, yeah. what, yeah. Right. What we do. Well, I think we've seen historically, there are cases where to not have enough independence is, can be used in really evil ways. But I also think, whether we say it or not, we have a very ingrained sense of destiny. And to not be the rudder that steers our destiny, and that at least has some control in the river of this destiny, um, I think unsettles us greatly. um, Because it means we're not all-powerful, and we're not all-knowing, and we're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. And like none of that at our core initially feels good until we get to the other side of dependence where I think we figure out, oh, there is a benevolent, wise God that when we depend on him, he comes through and then we're reassured. But until you get there, it's a highly insecure thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dependence is good. We just don't think it is. Dependence on God is good. We just think, we just take it for granted. Obviously, independence is better than dependence. Uh, And, you know, those people of ancient times were obviously confused by when they thought they were dependent on the gods, the arbitrary, you know, capricious gods. We know better. Mm -hmm. So that means the pendulum swings all the way over. It means we are basically God. We make the choices. We're not dependent on anyone else. We can, you know, charter our course. And, you know, the reality is somewhere not in, you know, not somewhere in the middle where, yeah, we're not, we're not dependent on capricious uh, gods that we need to work to keep happy. That is true. Uh, But at the same time, we are meant to be dependent and we're not meant to be independent. And those two things aren't the only two items on the menu. Uh, And I think even for Christians, I just, I think for Americans, uh, probably for first world developed world people dependent sounds bad independence is the you know the the, the, the place we want to be and you know we're not subject to dependencies like they are maybe in the developing world or whatever one day we'll all be independent and i think that's the whole you know Bo burnham's uh, uh, inside the netflix special i mentioned Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, I don't know that I recommend it, um, cause it's not appropriate in many places, but in some ways it's this guy talking about his experience. All he has is the internet. Basically it's pandemic. He's inside. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whole point of the thing. 
and how maddening and crazy making and, and whatever, uh, you know, it is. And I, I don't, I think that if you take the technology out of it, we still don't like dependence. And how do we foster a healthy dependence? And what is, how does, how does that work against advancing more technology? The good things that come with all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I think maybe the pivot we should pursue or one of the pivots we pursue is like, can goodness be a, a stronger value for us than greatness? Um, Cause greatness is shiny <laughs> and we like it. Uh, but in some instances, goodness is actually what's going to satisfy our souls much more than, than greatness. I, I would actually argue ultimately it, it will. And so if we want to pursue the goodness of relationship with our creator, the goodness of relationship with our spouses, the goodness of relationship with our families and friends and community and neighbors, um, it, it's not always going to be a, you know, a relentless pursuit of greatness. Like sometimes we're going to settle of, on the dependence of creator and creation around us to taste goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you look back to Eden, they got to taste goodness. It's only when um, there's some tainted, perverted, um, shiny greatness that they mm-hmm. want to chase in which they lose the unadulterated goodness. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great place to leave it, that uh, well, let's not chase greatness. You know, let's, let's cultivate goodness and uh, the God's purposes will be done. Certainly when they were building the tower, you know, they didn't say, let's make a name for ourselves for how good we are. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. wanted their greatness to make a name for themselves. So um, that uh, uh, excellent point. Let's land the plane uh, right there. Uh, let's have goodness, you know, be a stronger value than greatness. And let's let that play out uh, in our lives. Um, thank you, Chris, for your time uh, together. Yeah. To be- yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Love, loved the piece and I'm now inspired to pursue that 20% of Lewis that I have not read in the Silent Planet series. Yes. Highly recommend it. All right. (laughs) Uh, Well, great. Um, Well, thanks for uh, listening to On Culture. Uh, Please uh, check out the Embassy uh, Substack newsletter, the embassy.substack.com, and this latest piece is the one that we've been talking about. And, you know, looking forward to hearing what you guys uh, think of it. And uh, with that, we're going to close out our episode grace and peace you've been listening to on culture a podcast of the embassy newsletter have a question send it to the embassy at substack.com and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts